kid. El goddamn Dorado. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania's Uncharted Movie Review. That's right. It's not an episode. It's not a series. It's not an in-review. It's not whatever. It is It is exactly what it is. It's what exactly it needs to be. It is Zach and John are going to review Uncharted 2022. Um, thank this you is for bonus dropping. content. It's bonus content. We're not putting this behind a paywall. Nope. Um, this be is what our Patreon would be. This is exactly it, what our Patreon would be. Is our, if we Uncharted had a Patreon, <laughs> it would be like if we had a Patreon, it'd be like we do an episode on Uncharted. We we would have already done an episode on Power of the Dog, like just like oh little minisodes. That's coming up next week's the Power of the Dog cast. Oh, God. That'll be the fastest ten minutes for me <laughs> ranting really quick, and then I hang up. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, that's right, we are going to be talking about the new Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, we are going to introduce it by doing a little bit of spoiler-free kind of top-level reviews, and then we're going to kind of dive into a lot of the plot points of the movie. So if you want to stick around for a little bit and hear our spoiler-free thoughts, we'd appreciate you. Um, if you don't and you just want to peace out, then that's fine too. But follow us on your way out the door. Go to at Radiovania on Twitter or go to Radiovania.com to listen to all of our old episodes. We are five episodes away from episode 100. What are we going to do? You never know. You never know. It, we're wild cards. Anything could happen. Um, I have some ideas. We'll talk off the air. We should, yeah. Uh, we should probably start planning something. If we're going to sell we tickets a, to this event. we have like a birthday party or something? A birthday party. <laughs> we got to figure out exactly when our first like episode was, like what that first Star Wars episode one, because then that's like... Well, we gotta... that's not the first episode of Radiovania, though. There were some, there were some BJ moments before Jonathan showed up. So. Yeah, but it was just me trying to figure out what the show was going to be, and then you came along and turned it into what it needed to be. You were the missing piece. Yeah. You were the dagger from... Um, the rise of Skywalker, you just fit whoop, perfectly into that Death Star crash. What what an insult, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of uh, like those old episodes of you just like talking about news stuff, to be honest with you. I remember when you asked me to be on the Force Awakens one, I was like, I guess I should probably listen to some of these to see like what his vibe is. And I was like, I was expecting to have to have a lot of technical know-how. And then I think you quickly realize that I'm better. It's just as like a loose cannon. So. <laughs> That's your, that, yeah, that, John Parker's a loose cannon. I think, I don't think there's a better word to describe it. You're going to be song, loose cannon, dong, man. You're going to, you're going to play through the entire last of us game in a single night and shed many tears. And it's going to be a very professional event, or you're going to black out and not remember the Super Bowl. It's, it's one or the other. Maybe for episode 100, we do a live stream where I, I have to play the entire game and I can't, can't stop playing it until it's Oh, over. my God. <laughs> that would actually be super, super fucking fun. Um, yeah, if I had like a whole the, day to kill, it's just like I just Twitch stream myself playing The Last of Us all day and just see who pops in. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the stream is we record like our 100th episode. And after that point, we're, we're like 24 hours deep and we're just like bombed and we're <laughs> all dazed these yeah, are I good ideas the, we should talk about after by the show. time i get to the spring chapter i, I would be absolutely hammered because i would just be drinking bourbon all day playing last of us but uh again thank you all for joining us uncharted it's the new movie uh released february 18th yeah february 18th sorry i should get my data together released no, on good. february 18th 2022 by sony pictures directed by ruben fleischer john do you know who ruben fleischer is I think he is the the captain of the ship, also known as Venom. 
Yes. The first um, one, not the second one. The second one was Andy Serkis, right? Yes. He did not direct Venom 2. He was an executive producer on Let There Be Carnage. Um, He's also the, the director of Zombieland. The, yes. That is the first thing that I knew him from was he did. Uh, he directed Zombieland way back when, 2009, um, which I don't know how you feel about Zombieland, but I think it is a awesome, awesome flick. It is so creative. And so how could full I feel style. Anything? Yeah, how could I feel anything but love for Zombieland? Yeah, it's great. Bill Murray, Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg before he turned into Lex Luthor. You got Emma I mean, Stone. I was gonna say burying the lead, Emma Stone. Oh my god, what a flick! What an absolute flick! And then yeah, he goes on to direct. Uh, he did Gangster Squad. Um, Underrated. I never saw it. You liked it? Yeah, uh, Brolin, Ryan Gosling, and Emma Stone. I think, and Sean Penn. I, yeah, right. I saw that in high school with, uh, I think I saw that with Rigdon actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty good. But, uh, yeah, he has a lot of weird stuff in there. He's directed two episodes of between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis. Um, he wrote a bunch of episodes of Jimmy Kimmel back in the day. Um, he did that movie 30 minutes or less. Do you remember that movie? It's like the pizza delivery movie with Aziz Ansari and, uh, that other guy. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Santa, a couple episodes of Santa Clarita Diet, uh, directed Venom. Um, and then there was some drama behind the scenes with Venom Let There Be Carnage, and he ended up not doing it. What he ended up doing was the long ingestion, gestation, 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 gestation. Thank you, sir. The long ingestation. I've seen aliens, uncharted flick. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie's been in developmental hell for the better part of over a decade. Yes. Uh, I've, I feel like I've been hearing about this movie for literally years. I mean, you go back into probably some since of the, the second game came out, right? Probably. That sounds about right to when they optioned it yeah. to like be written into a movie. Um, I mean, it goes back to the funny thing is, is that like, and we'll talk about this later with our opinions on Mark Wahlberg, but he's always kind of been tangentially attached to the project because originally the rumor was when I think it was right around the time when Uncharted 3 was coming out. Um, back for the PlayStation 3. And the rumor was that they were working on an Uncharted movie that um, Neil Druckmann was going to be assisting in some capacity with the project and Mark Wahlberg was going to be playing, was going to be playing Drake. Um, yep. and, and De Niro was going to be Sully. And De Niro was going to be Sully. And that there were rumors yeah. about that they were going to be changing the story of the games. They weren't going to be necessarily following the canon of the games that they were going to be focusing on. I think the quote was like a family of thieves or something like that. They were going to kind of try and expand yeah, like this Chloe universe. and him and, and Charlie Cutter. Like sure. it's like, uh, be like, uh, essentially how the third game opens where they're, they have like a little group. Yeah. Um, also known as oceans 11. Mm -hmm. so. But as for the film itself, like Tom Holland literally was filming this film, this movie. And then a few days later jumped over and started doing no way home. So it's right in the middle of Spider-Man, right in the middle of him being like famous as Spider-Man. But the original scheduled release for the movie was June 10th, 2016. And then on August 5th, 2015, on August 5th, 2015, Sony pictures pushed the film's release date to 2017. Then it got pushed again to 2020 and then again to 2021. And then because it was like production issues, changing of the guard, changing of actors like this movie has been a. It's kind of honestly a miracle that it ended up coming out because it's gone through so much turmoil and 
behind the scenes yeah. drama and all of the like. So it's it's uh, definitely definitely been around the block. Um, yeah, and I mean, like just looking at some quick little Wikipedia stuff too. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were approached multiple times to make it. They declined it. Chris Pratt was approached to play Drake after Wahlberg kind of aged out. He declined yep. it to do, I'm assuming, Jurassic World, um, mm-hmm. which is probably a better box office move for him. But well, yeah, better box office move. We, we shall see here in a few minutes because whole oh, no. doctor with the box office on this bad boy. But let me tell you about this too. writers. This movie has three attached screenwriters. Do you know who these guys are? Uh, no. Tell me. Okay. So one of them, the screenwriters attached to it are Rafi Judkins, Art Markham, and Matt Holloway. Uh, three people that I've never heard of in my entire life. Uh, Rafi Judkins did, was a producer for The Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime. He was a producer for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and some other stuff in there, some like really random stuff. But then these other two guys, Art Markham and Matt Holloway, our writers seem like a writing duo, perhaps. Okay. Known for being script writers for Iron Man in 2008, Transformers The Last Night with Marky Mark in 2017, uh, The Men in Black reboot with Chris, Chris Hemsworth, and Punisher War Zone in 2008. Yeah. I haven't seen that Men in Black. That's the one with Tessa Thompson. Yeah, Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth. I never saw it. I was pretty burned by the third one, to be honest with you. I kind of gave up. Really? I like the third one. The one with Tommy Lee Jones, Josh Brolin playing young Tommy Lee Jones. I thought that movie was fun. It's fun, but I don't know. I think those movies are those two guys. Yeah. Tommy Lee and Will Smith. It's kind of like if they tried to make Lethal Weapon without both of them. Sure. You know? Oh, they're going to. They're going to make Lethal Weapon, but the new Lethal Weapon is going to be Tom Hart, Tom Holland, and uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> no, you. Got, who would be a good uh, modern day Murtaugh? Maybe like Denzel. Too old. He's getting too old for this shit. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be uh, Donald Glover and Tom Holland in uh, Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Now, so you say that, and I would watch the fuck out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would. So I'm back to Uncharted. Um, yeah. Coming off of a uh, production budget of only, I don't know if you knew this, $120 million. Yeah, it shows is because pretty crazy. I feel like a lot of it's pretty, you know, pretty like practical in cities that actually exist. Like it didn't sure. look like they had to build a lot of stuff. So. And you don't have to pay Robert Downey Jr. So correct. Mark Wahlberg, I'm sure, is much <laughs> cheaper than Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm gonna kind of read down this deadline, put up an article today. We're recording this on February 21st. That's right. So we're recording this on President's Day. Um, happy birthday, George Washington, you old scraggly fuck. Uh dead, deadline put up an article. It said Sony Chief Tom Rothman celebrates new hit movie franchises Uncharted hits box office milestone. Exclusive here. It says Sony's 106.4 million global box office weekend for Uncharted was another reminder to a streaming obsessed entertainment industry that the tried and true business model of theatrical features still works and that there's an audience for them. Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group Chairman CEO Tom Rothman 
underscored this in a company-wide email on Monday following the success of Ruben Fleischer's Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg movie this past weekend and extolled staffers for delivering a blockbuster hit. Rather than sell the 120 million production off of off out of financial desperation during the pandemic, Sony believed in the event movie, protected it, and waited for the proper time to release it. The box office results from some actions. Uncharted was supposed to do around 30 million over four days in the box office, but it wound up doing 51 million, sending its current worldwide take to $140 million. Uh, keywords in Rothman's note below is that he's already declared Uncharted, quote, a new mo- hit movie franchise, end quote. When we spoke to Fleischer, he was hopeful <laughs> for a sequel. Um, yeah, well, others, blah, blah, blah. they go on, they do some editorializing here, but yeah, Rothman's memo, you can read it here on the Deadline article if you want to go down and look at this whole thing. He rambles on for quite a bit, but he says, um, quote, This marks a great victory for every single division of the company as the film was our first major production entirely shut down by the advent of COVID, yet we persevered to complete a picture the audience loves and marketed and distributed it with a strategic verve worldwide, despite the pandemic. The ensuing impact is proof once again that the unmatched cultural power of real movies on the heels of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Spider-Man No Way Home, Uncharted is yet another blow to the theatrical naysayers and further proof of the efficacy of our model. Uh, and he goes on to thank his the filmmakers, the crew, the blah, 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 blah in the studios. But uh, yeah, as of right now, as we stand here, it's the worldwide box office for Uncharted is just about $140 million, which means that... This is not a um, this is not a very fun statistic, but it currently is in the top one thousand all time international box office movies. Congratulations, Sony! You're cleaning up, honestly. Good for you guys. Yeah, I mean they're they're probably what second to Disney right now. Second for- to Disney, because uh, Warner Brothers last year was not releasing all their movies exclusively in theaters. So yeah, it depends on what you're grading on. If you're grading on Sony released Venom, Ghostbusters, Spider-Man and Uncharted in a row. That's four box office hits in a row. And Warner Brothers had Space Jam. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I mean, the last Warner Brothers movie that came out with a semi big opening was Dune. Yeah. And that didn't even make that much money. No. Yeah, I don't know. That would be. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. Please, I enjoyed that rendition quite a bit. Yeah. Did they invite you to sing at the Oscars when that wins Best Cinematography? I mean, as long as it beats Power of the Dog, I'll sing whatever they want me to sing. <laughs> the power of the dog. <laughs> Timothy Yeah. Uncharted. Yeah, with the runtime. Sorry, I keep I keep trying to sidetrack us from no, talking about okay. this movie. It's okay. It's okay. Please sidetrack away, <laughs> please, for the love of God. Uh, th- this movie had a bo- uh, running time of 116 minutes. Um, so what? That's like an hour and hour 56. Hour 56. Um, you know, good action movie length. Maybe a good little bit shorter would have been good. Sure. But. Maybe a little bit shorter. Maybe, 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 maybe. But yeah, we can kind of go down, go down the list of things here. Like, I mean, the lead actors, what do you want from us? You know, we got Tom Holland. We got your Marky Mark. You got your Antonio Banderas. And then beyond that is a bunch of people that I've never seen in my entire fucking life. Do you know what I mean? This is why the budget was so low. Yeah, yeah. honestly. 
So Sophia Ali is Chloe Frazier. Tadia Gabrielle is Braddock. Um, Stephen Waddington as just the Scotsman. They don't even give him a name. I mean, come on. And then the kids are relatively unknown yeah. to my knowledge. Yeah, as far as I know, I've never seen either of them in my life. And then, uh, actually, wait, that'd be a spoiler. Never mind. That would um, be a spoiler. I know exactly what you're about to say, and that is a definitely yeah. a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's just get it out of the way, man. Let's start talking about this fucking movie. Uncharted. Spoiler free. What did you think, Jonathan Parker? It was okay. It was just okay. I think there are definitely some flaws with this movie. Um, I think for me personally, the bar was so low going into it that I kind of like took a little baby step over the bar. Like I didn't clear the bar fully easily, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a slap in the face the whole time to like a franchise that I love. It was just, it was just a movie that happened and like stuff happens and there's some one-liners, there's some cool action set pieces, but there's not really much of a clearly defined heart for me in a way that I think the Uncharted games do a good job of making you invest in all of the characters. They do an okay job of trying to summarize it up kind of like the goal later on towards the end of the film. But um, Tom Holland, I think really doesn't fit the role of Nate until the second half of the movie. Um, Marky Mark, we'll just pencil a couple minutes to talk about him later. Um, but then honestly, like the the performances that I thought were pretty like uncharted for me was like a lot of the side characters like Chloe and Mancata and some of the other mercenaries and stuff like that. Um, I do feel that it was an interesting take to essentially try to create a new version of uncharted that serves like it could be um like a prequel almost while also being a first installment and tapping into multiple aspects of the game but i wasn't bored however i also wasn't like this is something i haven't seen before either right so yeah it was just okay what about you uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was unremarkable is kind of the word that I would use to describe the movie is that also I would use the word smart. I think I would use movie- the word charted. <laughs> charted. <laughs> Uncharted. Charted. Our review. Um, no, I would use the words unremarkable, unremarkable and smart to describe this movie. I think that the safe movie- is a good one too. Huh? Safe is a good safe, one too. Sure. Yeah, I, and that goes along with it being a smart movie is that I think that it's not smart in the fact that it had a witty screenplay or witty dialogue or good back and forth, which I think the movie actually was really lacking. And that was one of the things that really bummed me out was I was like, okay, so I don't love Mark Wahlberg. I really like Tom Holland. Maybe they're going to have some really, really clever back and forth with these characters that are like really engage it, like elevate the narrative, which is kind of like the national treasure effect is that what's yeah. happening in national treasure is not necessarily that engaging but it's the characters and the banter and the the wittiness and the funniness that makes that movie go along this movie doesn't really have that and um it that really bummed me out because i thought that you know i, I did like chloe a lot i thought the actress that played chloe was really fun and she did She's feel good. a lot like an uncharted character but yeah i, was I mean just she, i think too- she did a good job of just being chloe honestly sure right yeah 
it felt very authentic to the character in a way that For the sure. other characters did not, which is Don't. jarring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, man, it's, it's, um, it's unremarkable. Like it's, it, it is not bad. There are some cool set pieces. Like you said, I did not think the action was especially engaging. Uh, there's the, the climactic battle at the end, which I'm sure we'll talk about in spoilers, but it, it, it felt like it wanted to be pirates of the Caribbean, but it just wasn't there. Like it just wasn't quite there. Um, do you think it wasn't remarkable action because we've played the games? I do think that that might have an effect on it because like, like if my dad goes to see this, he's going to love it. You think so? Because he's never seen someone hang out of a plane before, but I have like 10 times. So I, w- I was that person hanging out of the plane. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. This is, inter- this is an interesting review because I would love to, and you know, we're going to name drop him here. I would love to have someone on this show like uh, Nate Grayson. Mm. Like, or not even someone like Grayson. I'm thinking like, I wish we had the time. To talk, like, yeah, if we could have Chip Parker on the show, just talk about it a little bit. Because it's like, you know, I would be curious to know what general audiences think of this movie because, you know, the cultures and the circles that we run in primarily are on the internet. We've played these games, like, or we at least know or have a reference point for them. You and me are big, like, adventure fans in general. So, like, Indiana Jones, Uncharted, uh, fucking Dune, like, these movies that have, like, these grand overarching, like, adventure narratives. Like, we've seen them. We've been them. We've played them. We've lived them. Tomb Raider, like. We've lived that shit, man. Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jungle Cruise. I still haven't seen Jungle Cruise. Um, it's, you know what? Make a couple Mai Tais, you know? Kick back. Watch it. It's not and here's bad. and that's the other thing, too, is I'm, I'm, let, me, let me finish my point about the smartness of the movie before I talk about the drinking aspect of the movie, which I think is important to talk about. Okay. Smartness of the movie. I think this movie was smart. Like we talked about not in a writing way, but in a financial way, because this movie is a, and I think like, you know, typically people might say, Oh, it's really boring. Why does Zach always read the box office things right at the beginning of the show? Blah, blah, blah. It's like money doesn't matter. We don't care about that. But it's like, I think in this instance, it does matter. (laughs) I think, I think that discussing the monetary aspect of this movie matters quite a bit because like this movie is fucking crazy successful off of a very modest $120 million. And this movie is so calculated in its success. Tom Holland coming off of Spider-Man. We don't want to release this day and date on VOD because it's not going to do the numbers that it did. We hold it. We hope that No Way Home is good. No Way Home is $2 billion movie. So we release this movie in theaters off the success of that. You're right. You're drifting. You're like in Mario Kart when you're about to take the corner and you're following behind Luigi and then you get that little speed boost. That's what Uncharted is, is that it's like a very calculated and smart movie in the way that the time of the year that it came out, they're getting that like buzz about like there's no real big movies coming out. People are anticipating the Batman. But then you also have like there's been a recent like like, snuck that in there. Yeah, it is snuck that in there. Yeah. But it's like you know, COVID cases have been like kind of dwindling. The the weather hasn't been like terrible, but like people are able to get boosters and vaccinations and theaters are a little bit more of a, you know, they're becoming a little bit more commonplace than they were in 2020, especially in 2020, but more so even than 2021. And so I think this was a smart move by Sony. I think that, you know, you have to, you have to commend them for the, their ability to to hold this and to sit on it and to say like, yeah, we know it's been tried and we know we might lose money by holding it any longer. But I think that they probably earned all that money back and more just by saving it and saving the bullet. Cause 
this movie is going to continue to do well. I mean, it was a holiday weekend. I would be very curious to know what the drop off is next weekend, because there is something to be said about word of mouth. And I feel like generally yeah. from what I'm seeing, the word of mouth is like middling to negative. I don't, I don't see anyone online going like, it was the fucking best fucking thing ever since sliced bread. Like most people are like, <laughs> eh, it was fine. So are you going to motivate the second weekend people to go out and use their valuable weekend time to go see this movie? Or are people just going to say, well, oh, my friends saw it on opening weekend. They thought it was okay. I'll wait for it to come out on Blu-ray or on Netflix or whatever. Right, right. Uh, very, very well stated. I agree. Do you think Tom Holland's the new Harrison Ford? <laughs> Here's the thing, man, is that di- w- maybe, but weren't we saying that about Chris Pratt? And then w- look what happened to Chris Pratt. Like, I think that well, Tom that was Hall- more. That's more of a off screen kind of thing for him. For Tom Chris Holland's- Pratt? Yeah. Well, no, because it was like right when Guardians came out, it was like, all right, so he's in this sci-fi adventure movie and then he's going to be in Jurassic Park and then there was rumors that he was going to be Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, and it was, and then there were rumors of, what was the other Harrison Ford character he was going to play? Wasn't he going to play some other Harrison Ford character, like an old, what am I, I thinking no of? I have no idea. I have no idea. But I do, I do remember but, that like, so he's coming off of Guardians and Jurassic World. And he made that movie with J-Law where they're like on a ship by themselves. And like, I think he just made a couple of stinkers. The thing about Harrison Ford is like he had a run of like six really successful movies that he's good in. And then that just gave him the clout to be able to do that. And I feel like Tom Holland's kind of on a tear right now with the exception of that uh, Russo brother movie that came out that people didn't seem to really enjoy that much where he's like the, the war veteran. Um. I've never even, I don't know if I've ever heard of this thing. It's like cherry something. Um, oh, cherry. I really wanted to see that. I thought that that looked really good. I heard that it wasn't that good. Yeah, I heard it was bad. I, I would I would hold my review until I see it. But yeah, I mean, like coming <laughs> off of Spider-Man and, and this, I mean, like he could be set up to do something pretty crazy. Like the next thing would for him to be doing some type of like uh I don't know, something in space maybe, or who knows, but it's shaping up to be like that. I mean, uh, the success of this movie could be based behind just like the clout that he has right now as well. He's in the most popular power couple in the entire world right now with Zendaya. So like all eyes are just kind of on Tom Holland and her right now. So like he's got a bunch of box office action movies coming out. She's doing like euphoria and everything like that. That's airing currently like, they're just household names. They're really popular with the younger generation. You know, like, I don't know. That, that could be part of it as well. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I do think that, like, he's primed for success. I don't think he's quite there yet. But, again, we didn't live through the Harrison Ford era and the heyday. We only heard about those stories after the fact. So I think that Insane. staying power is a big thing, and it's a hard thing to pull off. So it's like, yeah, he's on a tear but can he sustain that? And is that that persona, that Harrison Ford persona, like is that able to be achieved in this time period? And I don't know if it is because once Tom well, Holland's he's not, not the same persona for sure. Yeah, it's more of like acting leading man, right? Sure. For action movies specifically. So, I mean, just like, 
Jesus Christ. This listen to this run from from our guy, Harrison Ford. You ready for this? Oh yeah. Empire Strikes Back in 1980. 81 he has Raiders. 82 he has Blade Runner. 83 he has Return of the Jedi. 84 he has Temple of Doom. 85 he has Witness. I mean, it just keeps going. It's ridiculous. So I'm here for you, Tom Holland. Give me, give me like six good movies. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for the Tom Holland Western. era, man. I, and that's the thing yeah. is that, you know, the other, the, like, I will end my spoiler-free thoughts on, A, I think Tom Holland carries this movie. I think he is not the perfect Nathan Drake, but he's a really good action lead, which saves a lot of this movie. I don't think that he's trying to be Nathan Drake from the, from the games. I think that they're no. obviously trying to set up a new universe, which is fine. Yeah. I'm fine for an adaptation. I think that, you know, Uncharted is one of those things where it, you know, it is so good and it will always be good. It will always be there. Like as long as this movie didn't slap its dick in our face for an hour and 56 minutes, like I would be totally, I'm totally fine with the fact that they want to take liberties with this universe. So if they want to go from this point on and change things and tell their own story, I, I really hope that they do. I just hope that the second one has a much more engaging plot and much better writing yeah, the thing for me is to piggyback off of what you said, like if the point of this movie was to set up Tom Holland as Natrick and to get us invested, then I would say that that is pretty much a success. Like now we know what movie Nate is going forward. The big thing for me is you got to solve your villain problem. Like that that was just like oh, it was abysmal. I didn't keep I didn't give two shits about the villains in this movie. And what like, do they want? Who are they? What are they doing? What are their motivations? Who are they? Where did they come from? Give them something interesting to do. Make them menacing. It is the, get Goggins in there. the most milk toast motherfuckers I've ever seen in my goddamn life. And I like Antonio Banderas. He's, he's good in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's fine. He's like generic. With what he's, given bad guy. he's like just about yeah. as bad as the guy from the first Uncharted game. You remember that guy? Roman. Roman, or yeah, he, yeah, he's like he's basically like Navarro or whatever. Like he's just kind of like a nothing bad guy that wants well, power. He's, he's pretty much Roman, and 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 Braddock is Navarro. But um, sure, yeah, I I think if you can get Walton Goggins to come in in the second one to play like uh, a Talbot type from Uncharted Three, that'd be great. And here's the thing, man, is that this is one of the first things I want to talk about with you in spoilers, which is which what we'll get to in a, in, a, in just a couple seconds. But uh, the last thing I want to talk about, and this is going to be very brief, is that uh, I went out on Saturday night to go see this movie with our good friend John Larson. Shut out, friends of the pod. Um, we went to go get some Southern Comfort food. We ate some fried chicken, some mac and cheese, some some fucking French fries with aioli, and we had. Bunch of Miller vegetables, huh? Do you have any green vegetables? What are those? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We had a bunch of craft IPAs and nice beer, and and we went to the theater. We Ubered to the theater, and we had some theater beers. I had a couple Tall Boy IPAs. We were we were having a good old time, just like catching up and laughing and hanging out. And I think that that elevated the movie a lot for me. Mm. Uh, just going into this movie a couple beers deep maybe just not expecting this crazy thing and kind of going in we laughed quite a bit throughout the movie and a lot of it was laughing at the movie but there were moments where we were laughing with the movie and and, you know isn't that what's fun about a good action movie every now and then though too like there are things in fast and furious that you can laugh at yeah how crazy it is yeah um on the flip side of that coin i went in stone cold sober and i still enjoyed myself 
And I saw it by myself too. So for those of you out there that have a different way of viewing movies, I think, you know, it can happen. Sure. Uh, so I, w- I wish I could have seen it with you guys though. Yeah. I sure. wish I could have seen it with you too. And, and maybe, you know, this movie will, if I can say like, I, I do definitely think that this is a movie that I will rewatch. Like I will watch, I will watch this again when it comes to streaming, just to kind yeah. of watch it with a different set of eyes, like having my set expectations, like maybe I'll enjoy it more, but you comparing it to the fast and furious is honestly kind of apt. Like I do think this movie has a lot of fast and the furious now. However, it needs to go further because what the fast and the furious does is that it constantly escalates the scales. And I felt like this movie played it very safe. And what I would love to see in them in the second movie is to really have fun with the franchise. And you've set up these characters, you set up the relationships, you know what the tone is. So now give us a little bit more. Don't like, I'm going to be so I'm going to be bored out of my fucking gourd if the next movie is like they're trying to fucking hunt down Magellan's condom or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like do something crazy, do something off the wall, like give me something goofy. And that, and that leads into my spoiler thoughts. So that's where I'll end there. So uh, yeah. before we transition to spoilers, uh, Jay, what would you do you want to rank them? Do you want to give it on your Radiovania scale or do you want to say, do you want to give that now in your recommendation? Or what yeah, do let's do it now. Okay. Do go, it now. Hit me, hit me. I'm going to give it a six. I think, I think for me, a five is like a perfectly mediocre movie that I might rewatch a couple of times. If it has some moments that I like a six is something that is mediocre, but surprised me at parts. And then also like, wasn't amazing so i'd give it a six i'm torn because it's right on that teeter-totter sort of level like to me honestly it's probably like a five five okay um because i definitely don't think that it's like a a, D, a 60 a six out of ten would be like a d let me tell but you the this. problem is, is i don't think this movie is a failure i think it's so close to a failure maybe i would call it a six maybe i just call it an even six let me tell you about this if there wasn't a specific cameo in the movie and if chloe wasn't in the movie i'd probably give it a five uh okay that's just for me though sure if the action wasn't as good as it was, if the action wasn't as good as it was and there, and there weren't the laugh out loud moments that we had, I probably would have, this would have been like a four. Yeah. But I think there were certain things that really salvaged the movie. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I recommend it. I, I don't necessarily know if I recommend it in theaters. And I think this might I do. be what you really, you think so? I want this movie to make money. Cause I, I want to see them go up to bat again. I'm curious. Like, yeah, as frustrating as it is, this makes me want to see another one, and that kind of frustrates the hell out of me because I wanted to hate it, but like I kind of want to see what they else, what else they can do, you know? Yeah, I and agree I think with you. that's just me. I think like I just love these characters too sure. much. Yeah, and it's I like would seeing tip- a bad Star Wars movie for me, you know, like I I would still be wanting more. And I would typically agree with you, but here's the X factor, and this is something we never really get to discuss when we're talking about like a new release movie, like when we talked about Dune or when we talked about. God, I'm trying to think of other ones. Like I, I, I don't new release movies that we do episodes of the show where we talk about it and we like review it with each other. Something mm-hmm. that is an X factor with this movie is that after its first weekend, it's already profitable. Like 
This movie is almost already guaranteed a sequel. The president of Sony's film division just called it the next big franchise. Like, can I say getting a sequel? I am kind of like mad respect to the Uncharted movie because uh, we literally did a news topic about this a couple episodes ago. Marvel accounted for 60% of box office revenue. Like, it's kind of nice to see another movie just like be successful that is a different genre than the comic book movies. So, yeah, no, like I said, I think the biggest accolade I, I can like give this, this movie honestly. is that it's very smart. Like it was smartly produced and smartly made. It was made clearly made under budget. It was clearly made with a focus on, you know, let's do an in and out action movie. Let's not bog it down with character reveals and having too many characters. We're just going to have a cast list of like five or six people and then a bunch of unknowns. And we'll see how it plays. And they, they're, this movie is literally kind of running off of star power and word of mouth. Uh, and so that's that the reminds thing. me like of those cool 80s action movies where it's like we got Sly Stallone and no one cares who else is in the movie. Like it's going to make money. You know what I mean? Sure. So, and I kind of think that that's what this movie is. It's this movie is an analog to those sorts of like 80s action star movies where it's like Tom Holland yeah. is a bankable star and this is a okay movie. But he kind of elevates the material a little bit, I think. Uh, he definitely elevates that character for me, like this movie version of the character. Because can't you see that character just being the boringest, most milquetoast motherfucker ever if it was played by Mark Wahlberg? Like, Yeah, I think we got to address the elephant in the room, though, that we still missed our shot of having Nathan Fillion. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, the perfect film, Drake. So. Would have been, been perfect if we had a time, if Hollywood had a time machine. He would have been perfect. He could have done three of those movies if they had only gotten off their asses and really started to make those movies right when the game started coming out. But Nathan Fillion's just I think a you little... do you do Fillion with Bruce Campbell, and that's oh just my like god, come dunk. on, that's just a slam dunk. I mean, here's the hope is that you know the, Nathan Fillion's not made a comment about the movie like since it's come to theaters, but my hope is that he makes a cameo in the in the sequel. That'd be pretty cool. I could be down. Maybe he's Sam. A little too old there. I, I was wondering, yeah, no, wait, let's get into I'm spoilers because I want to talk some spoiler stuff too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I recommend this movie. I don't necessarily recommend it in theaters because it's already gained enough money to make a, a sequel. So you can just wait and see it at home when you're at your leisure. Um, although I, I did like Larson and I get, went and saw the movie on IMAX. Um, I don't know what kind of project. Did you see it just in like standard 2D? Yeah. Yeah, we saw it on the IMAX in Cincinnati. Uh, it was beautiful. Like, it was really, really cool. The sound is actually really good in this movie. The sound editing and mixing is really, really good. Like, the action yeah. sequences. Um, and my biggest my biggest complaint with the movie is going to be the very first thing we have to talk about when we get to spoilers. So, spoilers from here on out for the rest of the show. Beep, 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 beep. Spoilers. Why the fuck didn't they use the Uncharted score? <laughs> those monsters those absolute monsters it seems like it'd be so straightforward to just plug that in even if you're let me look up who did the score the guy that did like, the score is the same guy that did the score for game of thrones i think you're right he did and what a fucking waste the score for this movie was so forgettable and terrible and generic and like there's that one sequence where he's putting on the gun holsters and it plays the theme a little bit. And I was like, this is an action movie score. Like 
that uncharted theme song is like is epic as fuck like why not use utilize that to your effect like that entire ending sequence when they bust out the ships and stuff like that i was like where is this theme where is the score where are the trumpets like come on it's such an easy slam dunk like yeah really it really did like hurt the movie a lot for me that that's that theme wasn't more prevalent you remember when casino royale came out and it didn't have the bond song in it until the very end it played a couple of notes when he's like shoots mr white and he's like bond james bond and then it cuts to black actually i feel like yeah it's not in it's like not in the movie isn't Um, it at the beginning when he does his first kill nope they do the gun thing at the beginning kind of but it's not in it yeah um, I feel like this is going to be one of those things because then you get to Skyfall and they're like playing it all the time. <laughs> That's because they got all the <laughs> so, criticism for it. So hopefully they hear us loud and clear. Exactly. I play that, exactly. play that song every 10 minutes if you have to because every every time that I heard the notes, I was like, <gasps> and I was like, <gasps> I was like, <gasps> you stole my beating heart. Yeah, I, I honestly think that uh, I would get Giacchino to do the score for this because he's a good job. He does a good job of adapting themes from properties he yeah. did it with star wars he did it with spider-man like i would just let him do it he's about to do batman like he seems to be on the up and up um and affordable because yeah. he's not a Hans zimmer so yeah and that's the other thing too is that like that might be the curse of ruben fleischer is that he makes these movies that are under budget and that they people think might underperform and then they go on to be better than him i i, I almost guarantee you that the next director for this the sequel to the charlie movie won't be ruben fleischer i bet it's I don't like i think it's gonna be him either i bet I it's think gonna he's, be He's like franchise, like he he's like franchise foreplay, right? <laughs> like he he just gets it started. That's about it. <laughs> I was gonna say he's like fr- he's like franchise coffee. Okay. Like okay. you just need a little bit a of that little coffee bit more to wake you up in the thing. morning, and like then it. as soon as you wake up, you're like, oh, okay, I can actually do stuff now. And then you go on and do your own thing, and then you go to work. Okay, or I like it. And then you shit it out later. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. then you shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ruben. <laughs> we apologize. I don't apologize. Um, <laughs> that's my biggest. So let me say, let me say a little bit of my piece here. I think that, that that's my biggest complaint to the movie is the score and the utilization of that theme. I thought that that was so frustrating that they didn't do it, that it actively made me frustrate. It just made me frustrated whenever there was a good moment that they could have used it and they didn't. That might be a complaint that from only from the video game fans though. And so I understand that that is a complaint from the video game fans. So I will, yeah. I will toss that to the side. My biggest complaint was there was no, um, uh, there was no fantastical twist, which is that is uncharted. Also, like, and that's my hope. Is it? I think it is. I think that Uncharted Four is the only one in that franchise that doesn't have like Lost Legacy aside too, but like Uncharted Four is the The only two most successful ones. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but those those games are only successful because they were they were completely character based. And they were built off Which of is, a franchise yeah. and yeah. uncharted. Like even in those games, he talks about, Oh, we went to the Atlantis, the city of the sands, or, you know, we went to Tibet and did all that stuff with the blue people. But it's like, Shambhala. that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see, like, I kept waiting. I was like, where's the twist going to come in? There's gotta be some sort of twist in this where they're going to allude to the fact. Cause that to me, like Uncharted 4 is the best of the Uncharted games, but it is only the best because A, it's like the most technologically advanced. Like it's running on the PlayStation 4, now on the PlayStation 5. It looks great. It plays great. But it's also just a culmination of these characters and their journey. But 
I kind of like the fantastical. You like the Amy Henning era. Yes. I prefer those games story because I really love that idea. Like the Indiana Jones twist, like, the first one, it's do. zombie pirates. Yeah. The second one, it's like it's the, the 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 monsters, the yetis or whatever. And then the third one, it's yeah, flame skulls and like the the <laughs> giant bomb that explodes this giant city. And I kept waiting for that. Like to me, that is what separates Uncharted from Indiana Jones, where Indiana Jones toys with that stuff, but it doesn't go full hog. And that's what makes those movies special well, and exist. Until they open the Ark of the Covenant and ghosts come out. But yeah, sure. But even <laughs> that is like pretty subtle compared to zombie pirates. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So it's like, that's what I really hope in part two is that, like you said earlier, and I never made this connection before. So thank you for putting this in my brain, but also fuck you for putting this in my brain, because now it's all I'm going to be thinking about for the next three years while waiting for Uncharted 2 is I want them to go full fast and furious with the sequel. And Hollywood, if you're listening, cast Vin Diesel as Lazarevich in part two. (laughs) And tell me that won't be the best fucking sequel ever made. See, I think, I think you just bring back Graham McTavish, right? That would be cool too. That dude can still act. It's still his voice and everything. Yeah, yeah. he could totally do it. Vin Diesel is a better box office name, but if they want to continue to do low budget ones that are like, I think that's what I would do. Yeah, I do um, think that the, you have enough money now. That's the thing. Like I said again, like this movie is a really, really smart thing for Sony because it is so under budget. It's not a util- heavy utilization on, on CGI. Like, like I'm assuming a venom was, I don't know what the, can you Google, can you give me a quick Google search on the budget for venom? Yeah, sure. Give me a the original. I'd be curious to know what that was, yeah. but it's like, now that you have this crazy amount of money to play with, with the sequel, you know, that it's going to draw in money based on people that saw this movie. It's like, why not hundred million for venom? That's it. A hundred million dollars for venom. Wow. Let's be honest, they don't do anything in that movie. <laughs> Dude, and that movie made like $800 million. Like it made 8.5. Oh my god. It um oh my god. I mean, they spend most of their time in a bodega in that movie, to be fair. But Sony, Sony is is very wily, man. They're so like they're scrappy. They're playing for keeps right now with Disney, and I love it actually. It just sucks to me it. that the movies aren't as quality as I want them to be. Like Venom yeah. sucks. Venom 2 is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Uncharted is is decent, but it could be better. But now it's like, okay, well, here, what was the, can you Google the, what was the budget for Venom 2? I want to know what the jump was. Sure. Because then you get, you get Andy Serkis. You have a, a, a name guy that's going to be helming the movie, but then you also get Woody Harrelson, who's a huge ass fucking actor. That's what I'm assuming the Uncharted model is going to be. Like, who's your next big guy to get in the movie? I'll talk about it. I have I have a theory. Venom two had a budget of one hundred and ten. That's it. You're the one who told me it's only in two locations. So yeah, that's right. The Venom two is only in two locations. There's the church, the prison, and that's it. And then some San Francisco. That's basically it. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the San Francisco the key, scenes were all right? green. That seems to be the key. Like this movie, it's in New York City. It's in Spain, and then the rest is probably on a soundstage. So. Yeah, because you have the island stuff, you have the plane stuff. That's all fake, yeah. But, like, even that stuff, like, this movie has more scenery environments. Like, I'm I'm dead serious when I say that Venom 2 is two buildings. It's not just two <laughs> scenes. It's not, it's not just, like, two, like, a soundstage and a live action stuff. It literally takes place in two separate locations, the, the, the whole plot. 
this movie at least feels a little bit more globe trotting. And don't forget, we're in a Papa John's at one point. I'm, I'm in a Papa John's right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which talk about a scene that I was like, I started to roll my eyes at and I was like, oh my God, here comes the product placement. Fuck you, Sony. And then when Mark Wahlberg says like, kid, I'm literally in a Papa John's. I was like, okay, not yeah. bad. That made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> okay, so I'm curious to know. Tell me your theory. Like, what is your what is your big theory for for Uncharted Two? Uh, I think it's I think it's El Dorado, um, which is essentially the first game. They already teased in the post credit sequence that uh, the guy from Game of Thrones is working for Roman. Roman is the the villain of the first game until spoiler alert, he is betrayed by Navarro at the last second. And I think you, you keep it in the Sony family and you just get Michael Keaton to play Roman. He's already worked with Tom Holland. He's already worked with Sony multiple times. Isn't Roman supposed to be like vaguely ethnic? No, Roman's the white guy. Roman's the white guy. He's the guy that gets killed when he opens the casket. Remember? And he's the one that used to wear. Oh, this motherfucker. Yeah. And then you ready for who I'm casting as Elena? Hit me. You're going to fall out of your chair. Florence Pugh. Slam dunk. There you go. Eh, too high budge. Nope. It's worth it. (laughs) It's totally worth it. (laughs) It's totally. That's worth every penny to get both of them. So. I would love it, man. I would be here for it because that, that to me is like bringing on other, like, no offense to Mark Wahlberg, but Tom Holland is like a list right now. Like he needs other actors of his caliber that he can play off of. And I thought that most of the other supporting cast in this movie were just like, like they were like kind of like a flat line. Yep. I thought Chloe was fun, but beyond yeah. that, like that's about it. That's what I would do. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's my hope, man, is that like, maybe you know double down like start working on a really good script and great writing hire someone that knows how to write good adventure dialogue bring in a couple would bigger you, name actors would you bring in the people who have been writing jumanji like the recent have you seen the new jumanji movies no i've not seen them they're pretty they're pretty charming not gonna lie um i've heard nothing but good things i've heard that they're really fun i would consider that I mean, like the fanboy in me wants you to hire hire Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote all the Indiana Jones movies. But um, I don't know. I mean, I want you to bring in, <laughs> I want you to bring in Justin Lin to direct the next Uncharted movie. Honestly, oh my God. Yeah, I do think like. I didn't think about that at all, like during the movie, after the movie, but you saying the Fast and the Furious really kind of lit a light bulb in my head because this really is the Fast and the Furious of adventure movies. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that you go you go balls to the walls with it. That's my hope is that like I just and that's a criticism I have of this whole movie is I thought that they just really played it very way too safe. Like, but again, it put asses in seats and it, it's making money. So it's like. You know, if that's the goal of the if that's the goal of the movie is to set out to create a commercial product, then they succeeded in terms of a artistic, you know, piece of film. I definitely think that it's lacking in some of the major aspects of what makes a really great movie, a really great movie. And just some of the blandness really, really bummed me out. Like, I thought that there were so many more opportunities for fun dialogue, quirky banter. 
engaging comedy like uh, i just some of the but some of the comedic sequences also went on too much in my opinion and that's like you got to find a good balance of it right you know what i mean sure like one of my least favorite parts of the movie is when they're about to go down into the crypt and he's like Sony, give me your phone and he's gonna like set up the gps thing and he's just like he's like making fun of how many apps he has open and he's like joking with him for being on tinder and stuff like that and i was like I just yeah like, it was a little cringe I don't know these versions of the characters that well. If in the video games, Nate made fun of Sully for having Tinder on his phone, that's a slam dunk joke. But that's because I've known those guys for like 10 years. Like this just seems kind of creepy, right? Because Mark Wahlberg is already hanging out with like 25-year-olds. The whole yeah. Movie, so. <laughs> it plays a little bit better in the games because... I think, well, because Sully's much older. Yeah. And that's the thing is I think he needed to be a little bit older. Yeah, in this in the uncharted games it's like the it's almost like the surrogate father and son relationship or like maybe an older wiser grandpa and like his like son or and his like grandson or whatever like it has that sort of like wise it's mentor. the cool uncle but that's the thing is yeah. i think that the mark Wahlberg effect is that he's the creepy uncle <laughs> he's like the he's the, he's the uncle that hangs yeah. out outside prom like waiting to talk to the girls that come outside like hey yeah that's what i like about adventures i get older they stay the same age all right oh get mcconaughey into the uncharted franchise that'd be sick (laughs) matthew mcconaughey as tenzin (laughs) no i mean let's be honest like dream casting off the gun like michael keaton as roman sounds great florence Pugh for elena sounds great you gotta do helen mirren for marlo you just have to like it's it's right there. Just go get it. You know, I've got a really good. Know. Um, oh my god. Did you you still hadn't you still haven't seen um um fuck you never saw last night in Soho right the new Edgar Wright movie. No. So there's a girl in that movie, the the like the girl that plays opposite Anya Taylor Joy in Last Night in Soto. Her name is Thomason McKenzie. She was also in The Witch, and she's been in some a lot of like minor. She was the she was the Jewish girl in Jojo Rabbit. Okay, I think she would make a fucking kick ass Elena. Um, I loved her in Last Night in Soho. She's also not broken through the mold like a like a Florence Pugh. So I think that she could. I think she could be a fun action lead, but also not like go over the budget for them. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Isn't she in um, Euphoria too? No, I don't know. I've not seen a single second of Maybe Euphoria, not. and I have no plans. Never mind. Um, Euphoria is good. Um, also, I, I think know, I think Thomas and McKenzie is just absolutely stunning too. She might be one of my new favorite. Like you're telling me, you don't want to see Florence Pugh running around with a video camera trying to record Tom Holland do stuff? That sounds hilarious. It does sound fun, but I think that she's too much money. <laughs> I'm I think to it's play worth it realistic every... here for what Sony's the ball game that Sony's playing. It's worth every penny. Well, then if if you're gonna invest in her, then like save money on something else. We also have to remember if you do the first game, Sully's not in most of the first game because you think he's quote unquote dead. Spoilers, but. I don't think they're going to do the first game. I think if they do a sequel and they incorporate the video games, they're going to play it a little bit. They're going to play it loose. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they introduce, huh? You don't think it'd be El Dorado? Well, I don't know. I I just don't mean like, I don't know if they're going to follow that storyline exactly the way that it is in the games. Like I could see them, 
you know, dancing around that, maybe that being like the whole thing. Maybe they introduce like a Catherine Marlowe as like an overarching villain. Um, you know, maybe they start to talk about like Rafe and they introduce Sam and like they have all these characters. So it's like, well, then we can build this franchise out or whatever. And well, maybe. that's is that the worst case scenario is they try to do too much. I think that th- that is a that is an issue that they certainly have to think about in the sequel is they like, have what, they what have set up much? in the two credits thingers. They've set up Sam and they've set up the first game. So. Are they going to try to do a perfect medium of that? That's pretty interesting. I think we should stop predicting future yeah, like, right. dream I know, casting I know, and talk about this movie. I got a little in the weeds there when I talk well, about Florence Pugh. Sorry. But isn't that um, like, I mean, isn't just to put a, a bow on this, isn't it? Isn't that like, isn't that kind of an interesting aspect of the movie in terms of its criticism is that we are kind of looking forward to what they're going to do next? Like, I, I think more. that that does say something about the movie. I agree. I agree. Um, I think... I want to talk about some of the things that I didn't necessarily like about the movie. And sure. then I think we should try to talk about some of the things that we did. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am not a big fan of <laughs> unnecessary plot twists. And what I mean is when they just kill Antonio Banderas, just because they thought it would be shocking. In the worst, the worst death scene. I've ever seen in a movie. He didn't even bleed. He didn't even bleed. Ever. She cut his throat. It was so bad, dude. That was so, so bad. I was like, I literally, and there were multiple people in our theater that laughed when he, when the throat got slit and he just kind of fell down. And I looked over at Larson. I was like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Ah, terrible. Awful. Absolutely awful. I had, I had a big problem with that. I also, listen, like some of the things that didn't work for me are Mark Wahlberg's Sully, but some of the things that did work for me are Mark Wahlberg's Sully. So like, we're going to have to talk about that. Um, I think in, in, a, in the hands of a competent writer, now that I've seen his, his like chemistry with Tom Holland, and there's a way that he could be a good interpretation of his own version of the character, as long as he connects to Nate the same way that Sully does in the game. Sure. Even though he doesn't have that beautiful baritone voice, like Richard McGonagall, like that's all right. So. Yeah. And I mean, like, let's just call a spade a spade, man. You and I fucking, we nailed it in terms of predicting. I mean, I think most of the internet predicted that as well, but that end cap scene with like them in the bar with Sully in the Hawaiian shirt with the mustache. I was like, that's yeah. the end of the movie. And You're we right. were absolutely right. <laughs> it's the last scene of the fucking movie. We just didn't predict Mr. Whiskers. Um, Take them everywhere with me. Yeah. Uh, an interesting thing to talk about here is that. Um, um, fuck. Damn it. <laughs> I had something on my brain and then I completely lost it. All right, keep going. What were you saying about? about, Is it about Sully? I thought it was about Sully. I think it was about Sully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then my last thing that I didn't necessarily like was I didn't know why everyone was invested in this specific treasure hunt besides the fact that every character is greedy. 
and Nate yeah. is trying to find his brother until he finds out that his brother is quote unquote dead and then he still wants to find the treasure because uh-huh. reasons I don't know the only like yeah. emotional points of the movie for me is when Nate and Sully are talking on the pirate ship and, and Sully's really excited that they found the treasure and Nate's like I, I don't want to do this with you I wanted to do this with my brother and then the, the other emotional part for me is the beginning when they're at the orphanage. And that is pretty accurate to what we find out in Uncharted 4. I was honestly shocked. I was too. That seems like the one scene that like Neil Druckmann like turned in. <laughs> he walked on set and he was like, all right, guys, listen. Yeah. You got to do on one set thing enough, that's going to get the fans going. And, and it's this. And he was too busy developing the HBO last of a show to uh, show up on the Uncharted set and check up on our boy, Nate Drake. So, yeah. I mean, and here's the thing is that like, um, yeah, I agree. I, I And like talking about things that we liked about the movie, I did like that opening sequence. Like I liked the stuff with the orphanage and I liked that they were, because we talked about that in the, in the trailer. I remember you and I were worried about this because he's like, you knew my brother, Sam. And we were like, oh, no, they're going to try and cram all of the fucking Uncharted games into one movie. Just turns out that version. wasn't what they were doing, but they were planting yeah. seeds in terms of like, oh, you remember this, you remember this, but like this might come into play later in a way that you might not necessarily expect. The problem I have, John, is yeah. that kid that played young Nathan Drake is like <laughs> two years younger than Tom Holland. And so there's that scene where he's like, he looks at the camera and then it like cross dissolves into Tom Holland. And I was like, no, absolutely yeah. not. This looked terrible. terrible. They looked completely different. They don't look, they didn't look anything alike. Like not at all. Like they, they look completely different and so very close in age that it was not even believable that that, that kid turned into Tom Holland. Like that got, that yeah. was the first audible like laugh from me that wasn't with the movie was that, yeah. that moment. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I, I do think that the device of Sam being the Sam postcard specifically being like right Nate's connection to this. They're almost like the silence do good letters. You know what I mean? The <laughs> national treasure. <laughs> what a pull. What a pull. I love. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I don't know. Like, I think you summed it up perfectly with, with uh, talking about Tom Holland earlier. The thing that I liked about it is like, he clearly didn't want to copy Nolan North because I think he's like, I can't be that version of the character because I don't yeah, know right. those games hand and foot like the fans do. So I'm going to make my own version, but I'm going to make my own version in a way that isn't like offensive in the way that, uh, you know, think of a bad uh Ben Affleck's Batman at first, right? Where it's like he's murdering people by running them over with his car and stuff. So he didn't a lot of break. people like that. A lot of people liked Ben Affleck as Batman. Me included. I thought he was a good Batman. I do too. I didn't like him when he was running over people with his car, though. And that's what I'm saying is like <laughs> Nate, this Nate didn't commit any sins for me to be like he's not Nathan Drake. If if anything, he didn't kill enough people because there and that's another thing too, is the violence in this movie is so boring. Like there's, there's like no, no gunplay. 
There's no, no guns. Gun. They make a whole point with that scene where he puts on the holsters and he doesn't shoot anybody in the entire fucking movie. Nathan Drake, you know, the, that was the whole joke is that like through the PlayStation 3 era, it's like, oh, isn't it funny you're playing this adventure game, but you're playing as a mass murderer, which is, it's funny when you think about that, but what else are you going to do? You're a third person shooter. Like, of course, you're going to be shooting bad guys. But in this movie that's PG-13, you can't have Nate be shooting a bunch of bad guys and like ending lives like, so what do you do? It's just I don't think that they you played shoot him. barrels that explode. Exactly. Yeah. You G.I. Joe it or turtles it like remember in the turtles cartoons or whatever. They can't yeah. kill anybody. So they would like throw the size at like a fucking water tower and they would fall down and like incapacitate the bad guys like that. Some might say you Batman it. Right. There you go. To go full circle. Sure. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I thought the violence in the movie was very it was so I mean, maybe the other thing, too, is that like I think a thing I that mean, might do we have, want a Nathan Drake that's John Wick or do we want a Nathan Drake that's swinging on stuff? And I want a Nathan Drake that's a little bit of both. I don't I want know a Nathan Tom Drake Holland can play someone who just caps people in the head. <laughs> you don't need to show it, though. That's the thing is that if you're going to be a PG-13 movie, you don't need to show it. But I felt like even National Treasure had better gunfights than this movie. Like, I'm thinking about that scene I mean, where they're running through, like, the mentioned. graveyard and Nick Cage is getting shot at. Like, even that is more intense than some of the action sequences in this fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Moncada literally hired mercenaries that only have knives or fists. Um, right. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are extremely violent. And... They're all PG-13. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're right. You're right. I think this is more... Maybe this is a... Never mind. That was about to be really bad. I was going to say that maybe this is a post-Alec Baldwin thing or something, but I have no idea. Like, No, 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 no. Because this movie was in production way before that, but even that doesn't matter because like, that's a tragedy on its own, but like, that's not going to stop you from having guns in movies. It's just how you utilize I mean, them what yeah, kind the of guns you get shot like, that's why I, that's why i said i'm gonna retract my statement but yeah sure like, we're literally about to see a movie next weekend where a guy gets shot point blank with an assault rifle sure you know? yeah there's hella guns in the batman um yeah. it's just about how you execute your action i just thought that the action this move is not very engaging like i, I well, like he's that almost last... like he we mentioned the national Church. he is almost like ben gates ben gates never uses a gun ever doesn't he use a gun? But there's at one compelling. Point? Nope. He's no one is running from treasure. guns. Only the bad guys have guns. He okay. only hits people with the decoration, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only people with guns in that movie are like Shaw and like uh, Sean Bean. What you gotta know people. is if Shaw can catch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know, man. And that's the thing is that, like, yeah, I couldn't help but think about it comparisons to to National Treasure. And I love those movies. I think that those movies are perfect action movies, but it's not because the action is good. It's because that they're well written and funny and like engaging the whole the whole way through. Yeah. Um, you have quirky yeah, characters for doing me, funny movie... stuff like engaging. It's just the Uncharted movie yeah. just felt. It was just too bland and too many segments for my taste, but it didn't mean that it was bad. It just means that it wasn't exactly what I wanted out of this movie. I agree. This movie to me is a, it's like a combination of national treasure and oceans 11 without any of the good writing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like a hollow version of those. Um, yeah. 
And another thing too, like this might be a nitpick, but like they're searching for like they're searching for a treasure that Magellan might have found, like the around the world in 80 days guy. Like just didn't seem like a very compelling treasure hunt, right? Like Ark of the Covenant, very easy to wrap your head around. There's a map on the Declaration of Independence. Very easy to wrap your head around. Like, This is the one thing they tried to borrow from Uncharted 4, but because they have limited time, it's not compelling. It's a whole treasure. It's a, it's a whole treasure in the same way that Libertalia is all these pirate captains' treasures, as opposed to the other Uncharted games where it's like a city or an item, right? Um. Yeah, I think it would have so, been I mean, way like, better of them to focus it and have like it be like they're looking for a they're looking for the cross, they're looking for the diamond, they're looking for the jewel, like the thing. Like instead of having it be, but that lends itself to that set piece at the end, which we'll talk about. But like, that's like why them, I hope the second one is them finding a city instead. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be very very cool. Um, very much like National Treasure too. Where they're looking for the city of gold city inside of Mount Rushmore, baby. What up? Um, let's talk about some of the stuff we liked, though. I feel like sure. we've been, uh, um, you know, taking a crap. I, honestly, dude, this. I feel like we've been. I feel like we've been pretty fair and balanced about this movie. I've said a lot of things that I liked about the movie. I just think that everything that I like is backed up with something that I was a little bit critical on. Yeah, but yeah, talk about the stuff that we like really, really liked. I mean, like what, like. Do you have anything that jumps to mind immediately that you really liked? I've already mentioned I thought that Tom Holland was just fantastic in the movie. I thought he's likable and fun and he has good banter yeah. and it's really, really fun to watch. I agree. Um, I love his uh his on-screen chemistry who who plays Chloe, um, particularly when she crosses him, which they did reveal in the trailer, which is obviously gonna happen if it's a Chloe performance i mean she always double crosses people yeah that's chloe's character so but the one that i like even more than that is when they get to the resort and they're working on the postcards together and then he he finds where it is in the philippines and he writes down fake coordinates and leaves it out on the table and she steals it and leaves him and then he like secretly stowed it in a bottle instead and he double crosses her yeah i think that that was a perfect representation of nate and chloe um, and I just loved it. it. It just made, it made my fanboy like really giddy for a second. And it was funny. Like it, it's funny how it plays out on screen as well. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. Cause um, it's like, that's, that's another thing about uncharted that I think that the movie tried to capture, but didn't quite nail is like a big part of it is that like, they're all treasure hunters. Like they're all trying to one up each other. They're all trying to like, there's that one scene where Tom Holland's like pickpocketing people or whatever. And I was like, this is fun. Like, I mean, and it's like, Cause then there's that scene from uncharted three where it's the young Drake scene from three where yeah. he's pickpocketing, but Sully out pickpocketed him and got the shit that he wanted back. And it's like, ah, that's fun. It's like dueling thieves. That is what's so fun about uncharted. It's such a good, cool concept. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of my favorite jokes in the movie is not even like a verbal joke, which is what I think is always funny about uncharted too, is, um, when Nate goes to see Sully for the first time and he's like, Oh, I made you a drink. And he looks over, and he's like, that's Shirley Temple. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty really funny. Um, I think it's interesting that they made like Nate, like kind of like a booze hound. Like he's always taking polls 
some liquor bottles while he's like fighting people. <laughs> I thought that was a weird, weird decision, but it's okay. I think, I think that might have been Tom that. Holland. That might have been a Tom Holland decision. He's like, guys, I've been so I've been such the little baby boy in all That's these motion pictures. Yeah. It's like, why he's don't like, you let me like a high school kid? Yeah. It ages him, right? If he's it definitely ages age. him. Because I mean, like, yeah. how old is Tom Holland now? Isn't he was born in 96? So he's he's younger than me. He's 20. Damn, I'm old. I mean, he's two years younger than me, so 28, 27, 26. He's 26 years old. Okay, he's my age for now. Yeah. If I went to a rave with Chloe, I would also be doing shots. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, I really enjoyed any interaction that Nate had with the Scotsman. Seemed kind of like Nathan Drake when he's fighting like someone that's bigger than him, right? Whether it's like a Charlie Cutter or something like that. One of my favorite jokes in his interactions with him is when he's buying the bar and he's like, let me guess what you want. Pina colada. <laughs> and then the guy like tries to jump over and he throws the, the bottle at his head. But yeah, these are all like little moments, obviously. Um, which again, just kind of shows that the movie as a whole isn't like perfect necessarily, but there are things that like I, I derived great enjoyment out of. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just briefly, some of the things that I liked, I mean, I really liked like I said, I like Tom Holland in the lead. I thought that Mark Wahlberg was not completely despicable as, as Sully. Like I thought that some of the stuff he said was funny. Um, I did like the Papa John's bit. I liked, um, I did. I, I mean, the final set piece was really, really cool. Like airlifting really cool. the ships out of the thing. I really, really fucking wish I didn't get that spoiled for me in the trailer. Um, yeah. That really sucks because that was the last action scene in the entire movie. Um. It was cool. The other, the, the only thing about that though is that again to dwell on the negative, like that scene was really cool with them airlifting the ships out, but then they cut to it the scene where it's the Pirates of the Caribbean moment where they're all like fighting each other on the ships while they're moving. But it was like the worst choreography ever. Like people are like, yeah, throwing like air punches that don't you can tell are just totally Nate fake. Sully are using like swords and stuff. It's yeah. so bad, and I was just like, oh my god, my eyes were just like glazing over through that whole fight scene. It was like I was like, Cal Man. fell asleep, huh? Cal fell asleep during. Oh, Cal fell. <laughs> what was Cal's review? Did Cal like the movie? Not really. He was like, it was fine. It wasn't exciting though. Yeah, he thought it was pretty boring. Um. But then, I mean, the last thing that I really, really liked it, which is, you know, I think a, a, a pretty salient thing to end my thoughts on are is the uh, the Nolan North cameo. The best. The best. He's great. Got an audible cheer from me and a couple of people in the theater that I we were in, like, yeah. like, hey, and then like, I heard like people clapping. And I was like, yeah, that's Something cool. Like, like that happened to me once. Good luck. Yeah, I just like it's like what ha- what the hell happened to you two? <laughs> what did he say too? He was like, "Oh, the cruise boat fell over" or something like that. He says something goofy like that. Yeah, but yeah, that just that moment was cool. I mean, it is literally exactly because remember there was that that photo that went viral that was they took it on the set and it was Nolan North was visiting the set of Uncharted. Turns out that was the exact fucking scene that he was filming, which was that scene. Yeah, so he was there for a day's That's worth fine. of the shoot to film a scene on the beach and he probably got a vacation out of it too. He so got good, it made baby. Good for you. Yeah, Nolan that's, North. A, that's a good deal. So yeah. Um, what was your favorite sequence in the entire movie? Uh, 
I don't know. <laughs> Probably the end scene, I guess, like the pirate ship thing I thought was cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, probably that. I don't know. Uh, everything, all the other action sequences I thought were just like, kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, I didn't hate the whole thing with like Chloe and Nate being underground trying to follow the thing and then Sully was above ground. Like, I thought that that was okay too. I like that. Yeah. I, um, one of the funniest images in the entire movie is Mark trying to stick his face through that sewer grate and be like, you, might, you guys better not come me out of this. <laughs> he's so and then good. he just drops the cross through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked the plane. Oh, that's right. We, yeah. Okay. So I forgot about that. We haven't talked about that at all. Uh, again, another bizarre choice because they show that that's the first scene in the whole fucking movie. That's very uncharted though, to drop you media res into like Nate's in a pickle and you play it for a couple of minutes and then it goes like three months Shows earlier. You how we got there. Yeah. 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 Um, so I actually really dug that. Um, what I liked about that is they showed Nate at the beginning and then when you get to that point later in the movie, you see like how many other people are actually on the plane. And one of the funniest things to me is like the prologue ends with the car hitting him. And then when you get later on in the movie, you realize that someone's actually like driving the car, <laughs> like it hits him and stuff. I thought that that was really cool. Kind of like a Rashomon effect kind of dealio. Sure. Um, I also just love Mark Wahlberg, just like popping the parachute and bailing like as fast as possible. That seemed very solely to me. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's probably, that's probably the best sequence in the movie. If you could take that beginning and that second part back to back, that's probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. For me, makes sense why that's like the, the flagship piece that they're showing in like marketing and all the trailers is that fucking shot. So am I bummed that we might never get Nate wandering through the desert? Yes. Yes, I am. Could they potentially get him to the desert a different way? Probably. I think so. I think you can get him to the desert the same exact way and have him be like, not again. And then <laughs> just happened. I mean, they literally made a second Death Star and brought the Nazis back in Indiana Jones. So don't rule it Somehow, out. Somehow Palpatine returned. And then you had to spoil it by saying that. <sighs> he did. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all my spoilery thoughts. The only thing, like, we already talked about what could come next. The one thing we haven't really talked about is, like, they clearly don't show adult Sam. Yeah. For a reason. It's because they don't you know who they're, they're going to cast yet. <laughs> exactly. What? Who would you like to see? <sighs> it's curious because you have to cast someone kind of closest in age to Tom Holland. Someone a little bit older. Um, I truly don't know. Like, do you have any picks right out the right out of the gate that you could throw out? I mean, I think the funny one would be Andrew Garfield. Yeah, this kid is blonde though that they got to play. Oh, Sam. sure, 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 sure. I don't know if they really care that much about it, but I don't know, man. It's it's tough because, like you said, the kid that it's the more of the problem is the kid that they got to play young Nate is too old. Like if they would have cast a, a child to play Nate in that scene, then you can literally get any adult actor that's a little bit younger than Wahlberg. Like hell, you could even have Troy Baker play him at that point, um, which would be awesome. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe Rob Pat. 
<laughs> no. Um, <laughs> too 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 big an actor now. That's way too big. Hmm. Somebody older than Tom Holland, but not that much older. That's a good. That's a good one. I should have prepared this before I even asked you. I didn't really think about it that much. But I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, it's one of those things, man. It's like any which it could go any which way. Um, I just don't know. I don't know. I think that it's going to be a young actor. I mean, if if the Marvel Universe didn't already get uh, fucking Harry Styles, I could have seen that being fuck that. No, no. But I'm that's marketable. That. You have to think about this from a money standpoint too. That's what Sony wants. If, if I don't give Florence Pugh as Elena, you're not allowed to make a Harry Styles claim. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I have no, I have no earthly idea who the smart pick is for Sam Drake. Um, but it has to be another star like Tom Holland in the same age group group as Tom Holland. Um, definitely can't be as popular as Tom Holland, but has to be somewhere in there. Like I'm thinking like, a fuck. I, all I can see is Marvel and comic book characters, but I'm thinking like an Evan Peters. That sounds really good, actually. Or who's the kid that was, um, fuck. He's in Ready Player One, but he was also in Whiplash. Who's that kid? He was Mr. Fantastic. Oh, Miles Teller. Miles Teller. I could see a Miles Teller being a Sam Drake. Um, someone like that. Someone a little bit older than Tom Holland, but that's also is, like. Is Bradley Cooper too old? Too old. Way too old. <laughs> Bradley Cooper is like 50. Mm, damn it. He would be great. Um, <laughs> you just want Bradley Cooper in everything. I do. I really do. <laughs> I'm still here for you, buddy. Bradley Cooper. I wanted you to play Joel really bad, but that's okay. He could play um, Tommy. Oh, wait, no, we already have a Tommy. Yeah, we do. That's okay, though. He'll get his time in the sun. He can play, uh, I don't know. He could play Talbot. Oh, my God, Talbot. <laughs> what about Bradley Cooper as Rafe? I can see that. That's fine. Although I do think that they, if they're going to cast a Rafe and they're going to do this movie in re- reasonable timeline, they should cast Jake Gyllenhaal because that guy he looks exactly like Jake Gyllenhaal. Whoa! What if you just get Jake Gyllenhaal to be Sam? Too old. That's the problem. They fucked it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, the Tom Hall, Sam Drake. If they cast him in the next movie, he has to be within like a five-year differential of Tom Holland. You can't That's go too old. You've got a very small window of actors that you can There's not really many good young actors right now. (laughs) Well, that being said, I think the the only other really big thing to talk about here is um, Mr. Whiskers. Mr. Whiskers. Mr. Whiskers. Yeah, I don't know. I think the, the, the too long didn't read synopsis of this podcast is literally like this movie frustratingly made it makes me want to watch more uncharted movies and i want to see where they go with the franchise because it sounds like they already consider it enough of a success to make another one so it's a success there you you were getting another uncharted movie everybody congratulations 
if you went out to see this movie on President's Day weekend, you were part of the you were part of the train. You helped the money train cross the cross the line. So part of the ship, part of the crew. Part of the ship, part of the crew. The last thing I do want to touch on is that you know we talked about it earlier with our rankings. Like I think both of us gave it like around a six, six out of ten. Uh, right now, the Rotten Tomatoes critic score is still sitting at a forty percent with 187 critic reviews and a 90% with 2,500 plus audience scores. Damn. So this is a divisive movie critically and commercially, as you've seen. It's making a shitload of money. Audiences seem to be really enjoying it. Um, The average is a 4.4 out of 5 rating from audiences. I don't know. It's interesting. I definitely don't think this movie is a 40 percenter. Um, no, it's not that stinky. <laughs> stinky. <laughs> um, also, the poster still sucks. Every time I see that poster, I'm like, fuck, that sucks. The best poster is the one that they show at the end of the credits. It's like a credit poster. You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember about? this. No, I don't remember this. It's like artist renderings of each of the characters when they're doing like the cast. And then at the end, it puts it together in like one collage that looks like a, like a Raiders of the Lost Ark poster. And it looks great. And I'm like, why is that not the poster <laughs> for the movie? Damn, I don't remember it's, that at all. Yeah, you were probably. I was probably pissing my brains out. I had yeah, to, I had yeah to you probably. I can imagine you like run into the bathroom and then quickly coming back in time for the second post credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. But, like all right. Well, John, before we sign this bitch off, do you have anything else that you want? Any lingering thoughts on Uncharted before we before we say goodnight? I think it's worth a theater experience if you can go with a group and you're looking for a fun movie to kill the time until Batman comes out. I think that it's uh, it's an enjoyable movie, but I definitely don't. I don't personally think that you need to rush out to see it. Uh, I think that you will enjoy this movie just about as much at home with a a nice cocktail on the couch, a big bowl of microwave popcorn, a nice blankie. Uh, I think you'll enjoy yourself just about as much as you would in a theater. Because that is the other thing too is that we saw it on the opening weekend, and our our IMAX theater maybe was a quarter of the way full. Um, so there wasn't like any audience clapping or cheering. There was only like a, the one guy, a couple rows back that went, woo, when Nathan, when, uh, uh, Nolan North showed up, but that was about it. So I don't know. Okay. Movie. It was a fine movie. It is, an, it is a fine movie. At least we, cause remember when we saw that first trailer and you and I were like, oh we hate it. We're going to be miserable. <laughs> this is going to be the worst yeah, podcast of our life, but it ended up being way more positive than that. So we, we ate some small crows, little baby crows. Yeah. But the movie in general wasn't a miserable nightmare. So I guess everything's coming up, John, this year. Mm, I wouldn't say that per <laughs> se, but that's nice of you to suggest, buddy. <laughs> we got Batman coming around the corner here. So yeah. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a fun year. Uh, thank you all for listening to the uncharted cast. Um, thank you all for dropping by as always. Like I said, I'm at Zacritello. He's at Najathan Parker. You can go to radiovania.com to listen to all the old episodes and stay tuned, stay locked and loaded for the Batman. And in fact, if you go and listen to episode 95 of radio Vania, you can see our last minute, the Batman predictions. If you want to, uh, start speculating and hypothesizing with us, uh, we are we are but a short week and a half away. 
my friend, from a very a new Batman movie, the first new Batman movie since Dark Knight Rises, because we've had ten years. It's been ten years since we got a Batman movie. Did Dark Knight Rises really come out in two thousand and twelve? Are you fucking kidding me? Jesus, that makes me feel old as shit. Yeah. That's yep, pretty crazy, too, yeah. Because senior year of high school is when we saw Man of Steel. And we thought it might connect to the Dark Knight movies. And boy, were we wrong. <laughs> Turns out it took us down a universe that lasted a decade. <laughs> yeah, as soon as that movie didn't make enough money, Christopher Nolan dropped like a rock. And then they were like, let's make something else around Zack Snyder's vision instead. The Snyderverse, baby. Yeah. But all right. Well, John, thank you so much for talking Uncharted with me. This was a lot of fun. I love talking Uncharted, even if it's a movie that doesn't live up quite to the name of the franchise. It's always interesting to talk more about a property that I love. Yeah, it didn't live up to it. But at the same time, I don't know if you disagree with me. I don't think it tarnished anything. I think it's it is what it is. And it's exactly what it is. So yeah, it's no book of Boba Fett. So that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Like a panther. (laughs) (laughs) all right well before we close this bad boy out john please give me an uncharted game or movie quote to end this episode oh crap